This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. R slash ask Reddit, 911 responders. What is a call that you will never forget? This isn't mine, but a friend of mine fielded this call. An elderly gentleman called 911 to notify them that his wife had passed in her sleep. Only it was like 7 o'clock at night. Apparently he just couldn't deal with it emotionally, so he got her dressed, took her out to the car, and drove around doing his errands for the day. Watched some TV together, and then after 12 or so hours he finally sort of accepted that she was gone and called 911. Grief makes people do some crazy things. I hope it helped him to have one last day with his wife. Someone called stating they had seen a man on a small island on the lake hours ago but now the man was gone and his boat is still out there an older woman called in a half hour later stating her husband had gone missing. He was last seen taking his boat out on the lake sometime overnight. The increasing tension in her voice as she noticed sheriff's deputies were already dredging the lake was something else. She was calm but clearly actively dealing with the fact her husband was likely dead. They found his body not long after I hung up with her sometimes it's the people screaming that get to you. Sometimes it's the quiet acceptance of a horrible truth that stays with you longer. Four years ago when my dad wouldn't answer his phone, his girlfriend called me. We both were concerned that something may have happened to him. She was very apprehensive about driving to his house to check on him. I finally told her I would drive 2.5 hours to check on him. She was only a half hour from his house. Since it was already 10 at night, she told me not to worry about driving up to check, and she would. That was the longest half hour of my life. I paced my house. I resigned myself that he had died. She called me when she got to his house, and I'll never forget the scream she let out when she found him dead on the deck from a massive heart attack. Her scream will haunt me, but that half hour of dread was awful. I can't imagine what that half hour drive was like for her. Man called to report a male was breaking into his neighbor's vehicle across the street. A few minutes into the call the man came and started to break into the caller's vehicle. A few minutes later the man spotted my caller and broke into his house from the window. Spent 10 minutes listening to physical fight when I finally heard the police enter the house and say there's blood everywhere. Both intruder and caller died. Oh. And another 911 dispatcher had my caller's wife and kids on another line who were hiding upstairs and heard everything. I talked a lot of people who were shot stabbed beaten in the final moments of their lives but you usually get them after the situation occurred. This caller was just trying to look out for his neighbor and I spent a good 15-20 minutes bantering while waiting for officers to arrive and get the auto thief. Getting to joke around and get to know someone's personality before they violently die hit a lot different than taking a call after violence had occurred. Go to love cities where a literal felony is in progress, and the police still take over 20 minutes to show up. I had a drunk driver hit my vehicle and continued driving, managing to get all the way home, without ducking killing anyone thankfully, and when the police showed up to meet me 45 minutes later, they days that she can't be arrested because they don't know if she started drinking when she got home. Despite my day cam footage of her swerving all over the road, and stumbling out of her car when she got home, 
she was eventually held responsible in civil court, and I was reimbursed for damages and a medical exam. Holly motorcycle tipped over and the clutch lever went into a 4 year old's eye, parent was on the line asking what to do, suddenly, he said, they're going lift the motorcycle, I emphatically told her to tell them to stop and wait for rescue and M's, rescue ended up cutting off the clutch lever and transporting the kid to hospital, she underwent surgery, that was 1982, just last year, I met the lead rescue officer and the girl herself, now fully grown, they wanted to meet the 911 operator that saved her vision. How the hell? The eye can't move and distort within the socket, and what probably happened was the lever went in next to the eye, removing it by just lifting the bike would probably have done irreversible damage, while having doctors operate to remove it allowed them to do so in a way to minimize further trauma, but the human body is duck and weird, man, you can trip over a curb and hit your head wrong and die. You can fall out of an airplane at altitude and survive. I'm not a first responder anymore but one of my first arson cases was an absolutely hilarious disaster. This husband and wife hated each other but didn't want to get divorced. What they did want was a new house. So they poured kerosene on approximately 60 rags and stuffed them under the end table next to the couch. Then placed an empty kerosene lamp on the end table. Then they took a 5 gallon gas can full of gas took the spout off, and placed it in their master bedroom closet, they're completely devoid of all clothing master bedroom closet except for two jackets with tassels with the price tags still on them, then they opened all their safes and left them empty and open in the middle of the bedroom, then they took all the pictures out of the house and replaced them with random photos they printed off the internet, then they removed the televisions and replaced them with old TVS, they put the flat screen televisions in their barn, then they poured a clear trail of gasoline down the hallway. Their alibi was that on the day of the fire, they were trying to sell their canoe. They finally got a buyer. But the only time they could meet the buyer was at 3am that night. So they drove 2 hours away to sell a canoe at 3am the very same night. They then tried to claim the unlit, non-electric kerosene lamp must have exploded. Then they claimed that their crackhead neighbors were trying to frame them for arson. Then the husband claimed that his wife was trying to frame him for arson because she's quote a blackfoot indian and they are notorious for not wanting to work. Then he claimed that Sears was trying to frame him for arson because they were tired of paying his settlement after being injured at work 25 years prior. It was a good time. 18 year old took methadrone and attacked his mother with a knife. She locked herself in the bathroom and called 999 UK here. We turn up and the son is butt ass naked climbing out the window in the front door which he'd smashed. He gets taken to the ground and cuffed. Me and another manage to crawl through the window without cutting ourselves and find mother inside. Place is covered in blood smeared up the walls and every knife from the kitchen bloodied and discarded round the house. The adrenaline is just starting wear off as the paramedics arrive for mum and as they're treating her. We go to the kitchen and find a dismembered member sat on the worktop. Turns out the kid had cut his own penis off after his mum locked herself in the bathroom. If you google meow meow, slang name for methadrone. One of the first results is an article about this call in Rolling Stone magazine. Although they say he was hanging out the bedroom window and he wasn't. But yet, I will never forget holding a penis that was not attached to somebody. Not having to utter the words whose penis is this? Does he have a penis and wait? Don't forget his penis. The ambulance almost left with him while we still had it in the house. 
A mother called because her kid pulled a pot of oil off the stove and it spilled on his face. She said she could see the skin peeling off his face. Friendly reminder to never point the handles of your pots or pans off the stove. Dewey noted. I can't believe this hasn't occurred to me as a parent of an infant who's learning to walk. My friend is a first responder. He once got a call about a man that had fallen in the shower. He gets there and the guy is over 400 pounds and out cold on the bathroom floor. My friend. His partner and the guy's roommate try everything they can think of to get the guy on the stretcher. But the bathroom is tiny and they can't even roll him over. Eventually they call two more ambulances and finally get the guy out of the bathroom. They get to the elevator and it's too small to fit the guy on the stretcher. So six paramedics have to carry the guy down five flights of stairs. My friend called in sick for the rest of the week cause he was so sore and stiff. He couldn't move. I had one of these a few years back. But the patient wasn't quite 400 pounds. The whole way back to the bedroom where the patient was had toolboxes and all sorts of other strata built up so we couldn't get a gurney in there. The elevator was out of order. And the exterior stairwell was this smooth pebble style of concrete. And it had just rained. Fortunately, nobody slipped. Lift with your firefighters. Not with your back. M's. Man killed his wife with a kitchen knife and tried to kill his 7 year old son. The kid was stabbed in the shoulder and he had to run over his dead mom to get out of the house. His shoe print was in his mother's blood. That's something I remember. How did the 7 year old survive? That's incredible and sad. I once had a call from a 11 year old girl who was just stabbed by her stepfather. She kicked him in the balls and went to hide and call 911. She was scared and I stayed on the line until her stepfather found her. The last thing I heard was her yelling no please don't do it again. Then I heard an angry yell then gurgling. Turns out he stabbed her in the neck one minute before the police got there. I quit the next day. Got a call for a suicidal male. Went to the house. And we could see through the glass someone holding a big knife. But it looked to be a female. It was some type of stained glass stuff. So we asked what's going on and if Brian. Names have been changed. Was home. She yelled Brian isn't here anymore, which you know, isn't great to hear from someone holding a knife. So we make entry into the house, and after much confusion, figure out that the lady we saw through the window was actually Brian, and was transitioning, or had transitioned, to Brianna. She was in her 50s, and had been struggling for a long time because she'd worked at a place with the same co-workers for 20 years, and after starting her transition she was made fun of and left out of conversations. Her family wasn't supportive, and apparently when she went online to seek help from groups, she was too old and wasn't accepted by them either, so she wanted to kill herself because of how alone she felt. I was able to chat with her for a while and convinced her to go to the hospital with me. She was going to go regardless, but there's less stress danger for everyone if they come voluntarily. When we arrived at the hospital, she said she was too scared to get out of the car. My shift had ended like 30 minutes earlier. I asked her if holding my hand would help. She said yes. So I get out of the car and hold her hand walking into the hospital. I'm 5 feet 6 inches. And she's at least 6 feet 2 inches and outweighs me by 100 plus pounds. So I'm holding her hand. And my hand is like at eye level for me. LOL. We go in. And I tell the nurse at the that this is Brianna and she's having a bad night. Code for wanting to kill herself. The nurse gets her a room. 
which is where we part ways. I say something to her about getting help and happier days ahead, and she quietly asks for a hug before I go. I say sure and give her a hug. Sometimes I wonder if she found a support group, and if not, if she's still around. I hope so. I work in a region that covers a lot of forest area. I was patrolling and heading to recertify with my firearms when I passed vehicle tracks leading into the trees where vehicles aren't supposed to be. It wasn't unusual for that spot but I'd never been able to catch anyone up there, because I was on a timetable. I figured I'd check in it on the way back to the office. After an hour or so, we got a bolo for a potentially suicidal male. He was found dead a couple of hours later, in that exact area I was going to check. And now I can't help but wonder if he was alive when I drove by and I could have done something. Former Leo here. Don't do that my friend. You do what you can when you can and that's all you can do. Have a safe holidays. Was an EMT before I became a nurse. Call came in for an MVC. Motor vehicle collision. With two trapped. On arrival. Cops said two young women. Early 20s. Drinking and going too fast and flipped their car. Driver rejected. Then, we hear passengers screaming. She's pregnant. Be careful. She's pregnant. Jaws hit the floor as the smell of alcohol on both them and their car was overwhelming. We wanted to airlift the driver, but medic on scene said no. She had fractured literally almost every bone in her body. Open. Compound fracture of tibia fibula. Two bones lower leg and fractured femurs. Normal protocol didn't work because we can't pull traction on femur for the open fracture and can't mast pants because she has massive pelvic trauma fractures with obvious internal bleeding signs and symptoms. Picking up a leg was like picking up jello. Had no substance to it. Was shattered beyond belief. We transported both of them together and not sure how we kept driver alive. She obviously lost the baby. Miscarriage started in back of ambulance. Rushed her in for emergency surgery. If I remember. She broke both legs. Pelvis. Arms. Clavicles. Ribs. Facial breaks. Skull fractures. Brain bleeds. Spleen ruptured. Bowel damaged. Lost uterus and ovaries and I don't even remember what else. First bad accident seen as an EMT. We'll never forget that feeling of holding a leg with no bone left to hold it together. I'm not a first responder, but a dentistry student. Dentistry professionals can work in the hospital as trauma surgeons of the face. This facial surgeon showed us a case of a man that didn't pay his drug dealers. They took hit to an empty field and blew his face off with a shotgun and left. Surprisingly the man survived and woke up half an hour later and called the police. They spent hours trying to pinpoint his exact locating because at this point he was somewhere in the middle of an open field and obviously he didn't have eyes anymore to help them. He was taken to the hospital and his surgery took 18 hours but he did survive. Edit. Today he lives in a rest home with a tube helping him breathe and another helping him eat. Volunteer firefighter in Europe. Some summers ago we were called as first responders to a motorcycle accident. When we arrived the cyclist was obviously badly hurt after crashing in a car. But he was orientated and seemed okay. Ambulance and helicopter were on their way already. So we just had to stabilize him. Not a minute later he started deteriorating. Another minute later we started CPR. One of the arriving bystanders was a trauma surgeon and started helping immediately. Shortly after the doctor on the helicopter arrived. It was obvious that there was massive internal bleeding. 
They first tried to relieve pressure by puncturing and then pretty soon decided that the only chance was to open him up. So they managed a clamshell thoracotomy in the middle of the street, and one started to give the heart direct compressions. The bleeding was massive and they discovered that there was a aortic rupture. The blood loss was too extreme and he died there. Still to this day I have to drive slowly when I pass by that stretch of road. 911 dispatcher here. There's many that stick with me, but the absolute hardest one was a mother finding her child after the child had committed suicide by hanging. She was absolutely destroyed, but I could clearly hear her fighting to keep control as I walked her through getting the child down and attempting CPR. I knew that child was gone, but the mother refused to give up. I stayed with her on the phone and counted compressions with her while we waited for PD and the Ambo to arrive. Listened to her alternate between counting and begging her child to come back. When the EMTs showed up and took over, she finally let it go. That scream broke me, and I can still hear it to this day. Edit to add. Thank you so very much for all the love, support, and awards. Any dispatcher will tell you we don't do this job for acknowledgement. But it's definitely nice to know that we're appreciated. There are so many of you reaching out with your own stories and I want you all to know. My inbox is always open. If you need a friendly, non-judgmental ear, I've got two of them for you. To those who lost someone of their own, words are never enough. But I'm sending you love and peace. Red heart. Red heart. Red heart. I've heard that scream too. My friend killed himself and his mum found him and immediately rang my mum. I was 7 feet away and heard my friend's mum scream through the phone. 7 years and I remember that scream. My first cardiac arrest call. An old lady had woken up to her husband not breathing. He'd passed at some point during the night it seems. But all I was given at the start of the call was that he wasn't breathing. So I launched into CPR instructions they lived out of town. So it took the ambulance crew about 25 minutes to get out to them there was nothing crazy about the call and I've dealt with way more traumatic calls in the 2 years since. But at some point during the call, she realized he was gone and you could hear it in her voice that shift in tone is what sticks with me. Had an ALS call for a suicidal patient who set himself on fire but decided he still wanted to live after 3 seconds so he jumped into a lake. Which was coincidentally nearby so he obviously had doubts as to whether or not he actually wanted to die. We got him fully intubated. IVs and all the works. What does ALS mean? Advanced life support. As opposed to BLS. Basic life support. Kind of a weird qualifier to add though. Anyone who knows what ALS means would know it was an ALS call based on the description. And anyone who didn't know what it means would just be confused. Firefighter EMT recent call actually still fresh in memory only two days ago fatal accident 16 year old female deceased at the scene low speed 20 kmh accident but airbags deployed should been a simple move the cars gets them home but she had her feet on the dashboard and the airbags broke her legs one pierced her heart the other damn near decapitated her so if you ever get the idea putting your feet up on the dash is a good idea don't a light-hearted one my friend got a call from a very cross sounding old lady that was absolutely furious because her neighbors had stolen her plants. When my friend asked her how she knew it was them, the woman said because there's holes in my yard and she planted them in her ducking garden. I'm going to go take them back, I have a shovel, and you probably won't get here in time to do anything about it. 
Thank goodness it was a slow day because my friend had to stay on the line for at least 15 minutes to convince her to wait for a cop to come by and talk to her neighbors for her. This is ducking hilarious. I've been reading these comments for more than an hour. Full of death and despair but this made me crack up. Thanks dude girl. Memorial Day, 1989. FFEMT at the time. Called dispatched as a car into a telephone pole. When we got there, I couldn't believe the carnage. OHS student had been given a muscle car as a birthday present. The police later estimated he was going over 90 miles per hour when he hit the pole head on. A patient's right femur was about 6 inches long. His patella almost touching his pelvis. The entire long bone had compressed like an accordion. He had other multiple injuries. Took us 2 hours to cut him out of the car. The medics were pumping him so full of drugs to maintain his blood pressure they started to openly worry that they might duck his kidneys up. We finally got him out of the car. Only time I've ever seen a kid used on a gurney and took off for the hospital. Medic had two large bore IVs going and had a BP cuff wrapped around one of the bags to create his own rapid infuser. The kid lived. He ended up losing the foot on the leg that was destroyed. And that leg, from what I heard months later, was more metal than flesh. The irony was that the kid was a NY State indoor track and field state champion runner. But parents, please, if you buy your kid their first car, make sure it's a slow, uncool, reasonably safe one. So many young lives are snuffed out because they don't yet know how to handle those powerful machines. Or resist the impulse to show off drive fast. Former deputy, one morning I was the early person in to take calls as the night shift was headed out and to cover what trickled in as shift change took place. It's cold and rainy and miserable all around. I'm on my way to someone's house to talk to them about a phone scam when a call comes out to another unit who just marked on duty. He lives across the county from where this call came out. A mother has called in stating her little girl got out of the house while she was getting her ready for a bath. Her daughter is non-verbal and naked and mom can't find her. Everyone that owned the radio in the county started to mark en route. Last night's shift. Court bailiffs. The damn major everyone was coming. I actually had to wait to get onto the radio to let dispatch know I was now in the area. Turning onto the road. The way this road was situated was a hairpin turn off a highway that led to a dead end at a lake with a stretch in the middle of it going up towards the houses. As I make this right turn and I'm about to head up towards the residence, something catches my eye. This lit girl is standing at the edge of this lake, just staring at it. I bolt from my car, snatch her up in my coat, and start hoofing it back towards the houses. Some stranger just grabbed her and she's crying and trying to wiggle free. Mum sees me about halfway and nearly tackles me as she comes in for the biggest hug probably any of us has ever experienced. The baby was cold, but safe and unharmed. We made sure to get mom in contact with a resource that would get her little girl a tracking bracelet and she rejoiced to learn that such a thing existed. A couple days later, the mom delivered flowers and a card to me at the office. I still have it, years later, and it still makes me smile. Sure, there's some stories of horrible things, but there's also good calls you can't forget. Although I have real mixed feelings about my time in law enforcement, I know the day I did good. Ran a run of the mill house fire in a McMansion. Fire was small enough we could perform an interior attack, but big enough that it was a little dicey and hot as duck. 
Go up into the second floor master bedroom and where the walk-in closet should have been was a sex dungeon filled to the brim with charred leather and scorched dildos. For years after that fire a charred dildo would magically appear in turnout boots, pockets, inside helmets, anywhere inconvenient you can think of. One of my favorites is doing overhaul on a house fire and finding a pocket kitten in all the rubble, untouched, in the middle of the teenage boy's room. I don't what was funnier, finding the pocket kitten or seeing the kid trying to explain to his mom that he had no idea how it got there. Not a first responder, but my instructor from my EMT class told us about the worst call he's ever been on. He said they got a call one night and sent 5 ambulances to the scene. He was in the third. They arrive on scene to a car accident where a drunk teenager hit a family's car. The father and the son were ejected from the car and were already about to be transported, and the teenager had fled the scene. My instructor was tasked with getting the other family members out of the car, the pregnant wife and three kids. Sadly, they were all killed on impact and nothing could be done for them. He had to retrieve their bodies and sit with them for something over an hour if my memory serves, with the knowledge that if the father and son lived, which they did, they would wake up to hear the terrible news of what happened to the rest of their family, and live with the fact that the kid who killed them was almost uninjured. The story sounds awful enough just hearing about it. I can't even imagine what he must have gone through. I have so much respect for every first responder out there and want to thank you for what you do. Whoa. You made it to the end, you're a ducking beast, I'll cut you a deal, smash like and subscribe for more curated content bruh, it's free and that's a great price. Bru